Hello, everyone. So welcome back to the Sustainability Time podcast hosted by the University of Victoria Sustainability Project. We are recording this podcast on the homelands of the Lekwungen speaking peoples and the Wissanich peoples. Um, we are a student-led, student-funded organization dedicated to sustainability on and off campus. Um, my name is Emma Jane. I am a first-year student um, at UVic. Um, and today I will be um, speaking with hosts Lindsay and Anne-Marie. And we will be um, talking with Ruth, who is the coordinator for the Students of Color Collective. Lindsay, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Hey, everyone. My name is Lindsay. I use she, her pronouns. Um, I'm the chair of the UVSP, and I'm a second-year student at UVic. Anne-Marie? Hello, everyone. My name is Anne-Marie, and I'm a master's student in the Department of History at University of Victoria, and I also am a work-study for the UVSP. Awesome. And Ruth, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Hi, everyone. My name is Ruth Nakalila. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm the coordinator for the Students of Color Collective. Awesome. Uh, so the first question we have for you is, like, who is the Students of Color Collective, and what do you do, and, like, what are your mission and goals? Yeah, so SOC, we call it SOC. Um, we are a collective made up of um, Black, Indigenous, and or persons of color. So anyone who identifies as racialized pretty much is um, our demographic. And we, we do a whole bunch of um, different things, but we try to prioritize um, BIPOC students at UVic um, and their healing and empowerment. And we're doing a lot more, right now we're a lot more in the planning stages of some of these things, but we hope to launch uh, a BIPOC empowerment series so that our students feel um, seen and heard because that is, um, I'm sure we're going to talk about challenges later, but that is a recurring theme. Uh, we also have a physical space, which of course, because of COVID, we can't really access right now. And it's also under renovation, but we're hoping that end summer, early fall. Um, that folks will be able to come and use that space to, you know, hang out, network. Um, we're going to have a whole bunch of new furniture, so really great space for folks to, to chill. We have a library uh, made up of books by BIPOC authors. We think it's important to have books where the protagonists are not just white folks, as we usually see in our classes, in our everyday lives, but also to hear from folks who um, have that those similar lived experiences. Um, and we are actually also in the process right now of ordering a new book. So we have an updated library coming soon. And then, yeah, the, the fun stuff, the social justice programming and anti-racism work, we really, a lot of our work right now is behind the scenes, just working with um, some of UVic's leaders, working with the UVSS to ensure that, you know, we have resources available for BIPOC students. And this could be from mental health, you know, to funding for anti-racism projects and so on and so forth. And um, we haven't been, we've been at capacity as a lot of advocacy groups are. So we haven't been able to um, 
we have a growing number of, of, of white folks, especially, who want to know how they can help, how they can get involved in anti-racism work. And so currently working and thinking through some programming um, where we can involve uh, white allies who really want to be uh, involved and hoping that SOC can guide them. So yeah, we do a whole bunch of stuff. My day is never boring <laughs> from um, prioritizing healing to um, helping folks go through their, navigate um, the spaces that we usually find ourselves in and may not always feel seen and heard. That's awesome. Thank you so much for doing so much work towards us and basically uh, doing the groundwork for this important leadership on campus. Um, yeah, so you mentioned that you do a lot of education and awareness and you're in the planning stages. Uh, I guess what we wanted to know and just ask uh, the, one of the leaders of this amazing organization is what you find the most fulfilling about this work and what you find the most challenging. Yeah, I mean, the most fulfilling is when you plan something and folks are actually engaging. It really does suck, especially on Zoom, when you have, you know, you and other students of color have done all that emotional labor, all that work, and you're like on a panel and you're speaking from the heart and then it's like crickets in the audience. So I think for me, what I find fulfilling is when um, folks are engaged and asking really great intentional questions about um, how to really you know, not just do the performative allyship that we are seeing a lot of, but really digging deeper and really starting that journey of becoming an anti-racist. Um, so I really like the, the engagement that I'm seeing, but I think most fulfilling is when we have, because as I mentioned, we have those events which are closed and specifically for BIPOC and then those that are open. So in these specific um, BIPOC spaces, when we have for example, the storytelling event last week, where we had a student, a BIPOC student lead that um, and, you know, go from a workshop to a storytelling circle where um, folks were able to share. I think when any, any coordinator, facilitator, whatever your position is, when you have been able to contribute to a space where folks feel like they can share even if we don't know everybody, we don't know everybody's story, but somebody can really open up and some of the stories are about pain and about, you know, racism and, you know, unable to, to get that justice that's required or something really, really mean that um, someone said. And, you know, for folks to feel brave enough to share that and, you know, feel like it was, it's therapeutic for them to come and access SOC services and feel like they're, um, their their experiences are valid and other folks have gone through similar things. Um, it's always great. So most fulfilling is community, I would say. Challenges, um, I think, you know, it's a pandemic. So we're, we're everything is, is on Zoom. So folks have Zoom fatigue and you want to do a lot, but there's only so much you can do um, after a long day of classes online and all of that. And, you know, we do have limited funding. So it's not like we can really, um, I think uh, what a lot of students have shared is that the, the financial burden is, 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 is heavy. And, you know, it, it's, it's sad that because we, can't just give that out because we don't have um, all those resources and a lot of advocacy groups, a lot of BIPOC um, advocacy groups across the country, across the world, um, feel this, this burden where there's 
some sometimes all you do need is those resources um and and you're unable to give that um and then another thing that i see coming up is you know mental health and how that has specifically um affected for example there's a there's a spike in anti um asian hate crimes for example and so yes we're all dealing with a pandemic but on top of that Asians have to deal with somebody blaming them for a whole pandemic and you know being violent towards them so those are the the, the painful challenges because you know as coordinator how can you even take that on if somebody does come and and share with you you know it, there's only so much that you can do so i think that's the challenging part of of the job and also you know as a as a black person myself you can't switch off so i feel like my job really is 24/7 there's only a certain amount of hours which i give to sock but it does feel like i'm on all the time because it's not like i can i can switch off zoom and my laptop and all that but i can't switch off my blackness so um that's also a challenge um burnout i would say is a major challenge yeah for sure um and then you were mentioning a lot about how some of the challenges are being like you only commit a certain amount of time to this but obviously like there's other things that happen and it's 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 like the work never stops um and so i'm curious about how do you think that uvic is working towards anti-racism and like how they're doing with that like what what are they doing and yeah what do you think about um that that's a good question and honestly i'm not too sure um we i think a very um a habit that has to be to stop and it, it's not only with uvic it's with other institutions as well is that we tend to work in like little silos like a lot of us really are doing the same work but we don't know much about each other we don't collaborate and we we don't know what the next place is doing and it shouldn't be a competition of you know who's doing the most and who has the most money it should be if we really want um an equitable inclusive campus we really should be working together so i'm not really sure of what uvic is planning on doing i have kept up and tried to um I know that we've been approached to speak to some leaders and I know a student went on our behalf and spoke with some leaders about what changes they would like to see. I know I don't know if you folks um were involved in the Reddit ask me anything that the president did, but somebody did directly ask him, you know, what is the university planning on doing? What are the plans? And he had a very good answer and I hope it really was from the heart because I'm going to actually hold him accountable to that because he put it on reddit and he said that we're not moving fast enough and we want to see i he personally said he wants to see things you know moving faster and he's working with ikhr to make that happen and so i'm glad that he put that out there because now we can start working start talking about timeline you know how soon can we see some changes how what are these changes and he did say that he's going to be reaching out to um but the bipoc community staff faculty students and you know all of um on folks who are doing this work and so i'm hoping to hear from ubic soon cuz we do operate separately in a way um and so i'm hoping to hear more about those plans and be involved because we do work directly with students and we do have some um information that students directly tell us during these sessions that i think would be really helpful in 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 coming up with some great action items that we can actually see through instead of just talking and like 
you know, all of these theoretical, whatever, using words I don't even understand, you know, being stuck in these little, in these big ivory towers, you know, let's break it down. So students are saying, you know, their mental health, they're struggling and they want to see more BIPOC counselors who have that lived experience and can offer them approaches that make sense for black indigenous persons of color. Okay, easy fix, let's get in some BIPOC counselors, you know, things like that. I want to see actions that we can actually say by the fall, we're going to have done this and this is how we are going to be measuring success instead of just talking theoretically and, and having really great statements online. So that's a very long sentence, I mean, a very long answer to say that I don't know what UVic is doing, but I'm hoping that I'll be involved more. Um, our next question here is, um, so you've mentioned some of the resources that you offer through SOC, but what do you think are the most important resources that you offer to students? Hmm, I think these, um, these workshops where folks can come and, you know, share their experiences. Last year we did um, a mindfulness circle uh, and we were able to get some tips from um, a facilitator, a BIPOC facilitator on, uh, you know, the different approaches that we can take to our wellness. Um, so I, I would say that those spaces, those, the spaces that we offer for, for healing and sharing and community um, are the most uh, important. It's, I think things are going to look a lot different in the fall. I can't really say, but I, I, I think when we're able to actually physically come together, we'll feel like we're really doing more. I started this position in July, so everything has been online for me. So there hasn't been that, you know, face-to-face -face connection. And I'm hoping that we can, um, things can get better and we can do a lot more of that in the new year. next question um, is kind of like how do you think um, your work with SOC intersects with sustainability and like what does that look like I guess hmm, how are you defining sustainability in this sense um so we have like a really broad definition of sustainability <laughs> um so yeah we think that sustainability is social and environmental and that you can't have like environmental justice without having social justice um so that's kind of our very very broad definition of sustainability is basically like justice <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah no I, I get that and maybe I'll add you know coming up with you know, change that's long-term and that is going to benefit a lot of people, not just benefit the four of us in this little Zoom call for this, but even those who come after us. And, you know, this work cannot be done without looking at it through the intersectional um, lens. And so I try to approach it that way, right? Because I'm, I'm, I'm not just Black, I'm Black, I'm a woman, I'm an immigrant. Um, and a lot of folks have those different intersections when they're, uh, when they come into SOC space. Um, and, and this is when I have to say that I'm not a, the, an expert in this, in this, um, on this topic. And I am also doing a lot of learning myself to see how we can bring in a lot of these other um, topics because I'm learning more, ab more about like environmental racism and you know, how folks of color are disproportionately um, affected by some of these things. And so I think it, it, it's something that I'm also researching more on 
and taking the time to really um, learn and seek advice and support from people in these other fields to see how best we can do work that you know, is intersectional, is long-term, and, you know, it, it brings in the ideas and, 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 and um, I don't know, actions from different groups of people. Yeah, and that's definitely been, like, a focus for us as well, is, like, trying to learn, like, all of those intersections, because, like you said before, like, I think UVic tends to work in all of these different capacities but we're so interconnected in the advocacy work that we're doing and yes. to like separate it is to like yeah to give us like individually less power and so mm. um yeah for sure yeah and there's definitely power in in like I've been saying in coming together and you may think okay maybe you VSB and and this group and GEM and Prime maybe we're doing different things but there's also um some similarities in the work that we do mm -hmm. so you know coming together and brainstorming and being like hey I need you know more support and how you know how this links with sustainability and the work that you're doing and how this leads to I don't know like community garden and all of that and how can we come together and see that our work makes sense for um, all the different communities that we serve. I think this, that's really important. Yeah, I think that's awesome because like here at the UVSB, we don't want to just be advocating for uh, no single use plastics or like do people stop using like uh, non-recyclable water bottles or coffee cups or whatever. Like that feels very like, hollow for us to project that kind of like message on people. And it's not what we stand for. We stand for intersectionality and we want to be involved with you and uh we want to support you in any way we can and uh yeah that's one of the reasons why we're here today so um yeah. I think I'm really interested uh to hear your answer for the next question um which is just uh wondering if you could speak on who inspires you to do the work you're doing today who inspired me <laughs> um you know, I wouldn't say that it's just one person. I think um, my whole community um, has inspired me in one way or another. The world and, you know, unfortunately, the hate that we see has also inspired me to do this work. Um, it got to the point where being silent and going about my own day didn't feel right anymore. Um, and, you know, a lot of folks see me and see that I'm a Black woman who's not from here and think that I don't have any privileges. But I also do come in with my own privilege. And it would have been very easy for me to be in my, in my corner and not do anything or say anything. But I felt the need to, you know, use my voice and use my privilege and the space that I'm in to really um, do advocacy and anti-racism work because there are folks who feel like, you know, they, they're burnt out. They, they, um, they feel like they've been pushed to, you know, to a corner. I, I'm, I'm from Uganda. I grew up in different countries on the African continent and I didn't really learn or talk about black identity until I moved to the US. And this was when I was like, what, 16 years old? And so that's when I started learning about, you know, how my, how, what my skin color means to the rest of the world and the weight that that's now added and the pressure because of the color of my skin. Um, but there are people who have been feeling that for decades and they're just so exhausted. And so seeing how other people were, were you know, organizing rallies and having these discussions and, you know, calling folks out and applying the pressure. I think that 
um, inspired me to to also, you know, get on board and and explore how I can lend my voice, how I can work with other folks. And I love working with the community. I love interacting with students. Um, I know what it feels like to navigate these very white spaces and not feel validated. And so um, I think being around people and listening and learning from folks inspired me to this work. So I wouldn't really say it's just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really say it's just one person. Um, yeah, I think it's the whole community. Um, so my next question here is, what would be the best work for white students to do to further anti-racism at UVic? The best work for white students to do? Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a lot that, that um, white folks, white students um, can do. And I would definitely say that definitely educate yourself. Um, because there is a need to unlearn some of these harmful um, white supremacist things that we have been taught. Um, but don't get so stuck in that unlearning phase that you all you've done is read the skin right in or how to be an anti-racist and you've called it a day. It's not enough. And so I would suggest that in a lot of these spaces, things do come up, mostly in the form of microaggressions. So when you see something, say something you know, do something about it. The onus shouldn't be on the person who is at the receiving end of that microaggression of discrimination, of racism, to constantly have to correct people, to constantly have to stand up for a whole community. So use your power and privilege to be in those spaces and speak up. Don't be a silent ally, you know. It, it's very powerful when you are, when, for example, you're in a class, and a professor has said something that, you know, is a form of microaggression, it's a form of racism. And yes, you're the one speaking up because it has directly offended you and affected you. But there's power in white folks coming in and saying, you know, I agree with Ruth. That shouldn't have been said because of X, Y, and Z. There's power in numbers. Mm -hmm. And I think we can see a lot more change if people spoke up a lot more. And it's not easy and it's uncomfortable, but it really has to be done. Because while it's not easy to speak up, imagine how uneasy it is when you are at the receiving end of that. So my advice is don't get so stuck in reading that you forget to do something, right? Speak on it, call it out or call it in, whatever makes you comfortable, but it really has to be done. Check in on people. Um, all of us are not doing the amazing because of the pandemic and being away from family and being stuck at home. So, you know, check in on each other and, you know, be gracious and understanding. Um, another thing that I see a lot of is gaslighting. Um, you have to believe folks when they say that they've experienced something. Just because you haven't experienced it doesn't mean it is not happening. So instead of saying, oh, that didn't happen to me, or, you know, that, that can't be true. That's my favorite professor. Or that's my favorite staff member. You know, like, um, that gaslighting is very, very harmful. And it really does take a toll. So um, listen, learn something, and ask yourself, you know, what is it that I can do every day to make um, a, a change? Even if it's light, you know, we, we like to have grand, huge ideas. 
Um, but sometimes it's also the small things that do come in handy as well. Thank you so much. That was an amazing answer. Um, our final question here is, how can students get involved with SOC? Yeah, um, come to our events. We have a really fun event. No, okay, not fun, but it's, um, it's a very serious event. But it's, um, I think it's going to be one of our most engaging ones yet because we are going to be discussing performative allyship and how to go beyond that. And if you're in a space where you are an ally, how to break down that white savior complex that we see a lot of. And, you know, so, okay, great. You've posted your, white, your black square at Instagram. You've shown up to a rally. What next? You know, how can you, what, how can you go beyond just, you know, being performative and hiding behind your screen? What concrete actionable items can you take on to, um, to lend your voice to the BIPOC community? And so that's coming up in two weeks and we'll have more um, information on, or on our Instagram this week. But yeah, I, I would say that that's the, if you are um, a non-BIPOC student, that's the best way. Look out for the events, which we do open up to the public because we, I believe in this work cannot only be done by BIPOC folks. We all have to be involved. And that's why I want to see a balance in, in our activities, in our, um, in our events where we do have some closed ones, but we do have some open ones for folks who genuinely want to come and learn. Um, to, to come and do that, to do that work alongside us. So um, you can also follow us on Instagram, SOC Collective. Um, you can, you know, reach out and you never know, maybe there could be an opportunity to collaborate. And if you are a BIPOC student, whether you feel like you're struggling or you, um, you're doing well, whatever stage you are in your life, we're, we're always happy to, to, um, see new faces to interact with you and see how we can work together. Students want to come and have a workshop, whether it's fun or it's, you know, going to be emotional, whatever it is, I'm happy to hear that out. And we're here for, for students, right? Um, um, it's a BIPOC student-centered collective. And so I want to hear directly from students. I want to work directly with students and do things that make sense for them. It's one thing for me to be like, this is what I needed in college and this is what I'm going to do because it's what I need, but it's better to hear from the folks themselves so that it's not this top down, you know, coordinator telling you to do this. So this is what we're going to do. So I'm always happy to hear from students. So if you're out there and you're listening, do, do link us. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. And thank you so much for the awesome work that you're doing. Um, it was so awesome to like hear everything that you're doing and to like learn a little bit more about SOC. Um, and we'll definitely be promoting that event coming up on our Instagram as well. So um, yeah, look out for that as well. Thank you, folks. Thanks for having me. Thanks for, Thanks for coming. Thank you so much for joining us on the Sustainability Time podcast hosted by the University of Victoria Sustainability Project. This podcast was edited by Emma Jane Bearing and the music is by Hook Sound.